when TPT Forward 2024 was announced and they said that there would not be a virtual version of the conference for this year. I know there were many teacher sellers that were bummed out because they may not be able to make it to San Diego for one reason or another. But I think this is a blessing in disguise because there is a completely virtual conference that did so fantastic last year. It was easily one of my favorite conferences, and that is the Teachers Sellers Summit. The great thing about this is that it also takes place in the summer. This is from June 27th through the 30th, and if of course, it's all online. You have not only pre-recorded sessions, but you also get live events. So what I wanted to share with you about right now is information about this Teacher Seller Summit and how you can level up your business from the comfort of your own home. There are sessions about perfecting your product listings, creating print-on-demand workbooks, opening up your own shop, and diversifying your income streams. But not only that, you can also connect with successful teacherpreneurs and industry experts to take your TPT or teacher business to the next level. Here's what's in store. You have in-depth sessions about mastering key business skills both on and off TPT with insights from experienced speakers, a variety of networking opportunities where you can connect with business owners worldwide, swap ideas and learn from each other's successes, practical tips and strategies with actionable techniques to succeed whether you're just starting out or you're aiming higher. And additionally, there are live Q&A panels, a private podcast for on-the-go learning, and so much more. I'm presenting at this conference, and my session is about three keys to a successful TPT store brand. So you may be wondering, what does this cost? What's the investment on this? And there are early bird tickets available through April 30th for $99. And you can save nearly 25% by just purchasing in the month of April. But if you're listening to this and it is past April, but not yet June, so May and June, you're listening to this, you can still purchase tickets to this conference for $129. You will get a 90-day pass to all 40 sessions, live Q&A panel discussions, virtual hangouts, co-working spaces, private podcast. If this sounds like something you're really interested in, you can check out my affiliate link in the description where you're listening to this episode. I hope I can see you there. Now let's dive into this week's episode. You're listening to the Creative Teacher Podcast, a show for busy teachers looking for ways to engage, inspire, and make an impact in their teacher businesses. I'm Kirsten a teacher business owner who is all about simple and actionable tips, strategies, and resources that result in wins, big or small. If you're looking for that extra spark of creativity, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in together. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Creative Teacher Podcast. Hope your weekend was well. I'm excited to bring you this episode of having a brand strategy and identity. We're going to dive a little deeper than I've done on most episodes about branding in general. There's two parts of it, and 
I have a fun analogy for you, and we're going to talk a little bit about what a brand strategy is versus a brand identity. All right, so one thing to note for this episode, if you could take away anything, having a brand strategy before thinking about visuals is important. This is something that I shared in my Breakthrough with Branding presentation in the TPT Forward Conference in 2023. It's just something that you need to be thinking about before the visuals. And trust me, I was when I was becoming an active seller, this is something I did not do. I thought more about the visuals. And I remember the first thing I thought about was like how my logo was going to look. Um, and I maybe that's why I spent so much time and changing my mind on it because I, you know, I, I didn't really have a strategy in place. But um, yeah, I was just focusing on the colors I wanted and the fonts I was going to use, like all 15 fonts, I'm sure. Before I was thinking who I was going to create my resources for and just an overall strategy um, in place. So you can imagine that I had to go back to the drawing board once I did have a strategy in place and, you know, redo my brand identity. So to kind of alleviate that, um, it's important to have some type of brand strategy in place first. And we'll talk about like what the difference is because you may, maybe you're a little confused now, but don't worry, just know brand strategy first, brand identity second. Now, before we get started, I do want to say, let's say you do have a brand identity in place. You have your colors, you've got your fonts, you've got everything in place, um, but you haven't really thought about like who your target audience is. That's okay. Um, we can, you know, I've done it backwards. You can go back always and change things up. So let's go ahead and talk about what a brand strategy is. A brand strategy is a long-term plan for your business that will outline how you will position yourself to achieve any goals and objectives you have for your TPT business. That's what a brand strategy is. The brand identity is what people are seeing on the outside. They're going to be thinking about any graphics that they see on your resources or graphics that you, you know, have in your branding and social media, logo, anything on your website, all the colors that are included in your brand. That's your brand identity. And the brand strategy is, if you think about an iceberg, the brand identity is what people see, right? You know, thinking about on the top of the surface, the brand strategy is underneath the surface, but it's much bigger and much stronger than the brand identity that we see on the outside. When done right, there's so much more that goes into it than just the identity, and it is what helps keep your brand identity afloat. If you don't have a foundation in your branding with a strategy, you're not going to have a clear idea on the direction of your business and what you're trying to sell. This is something that I had at the very beginning when I was active. I was just really not sure what type of resources I wanted to create, what type of offers I wanted to create. I knew I wanted to create a course for teachers, but I didn't know what type of course to create. It was just really confusing. I had a lot of different ideas and I just couldn't streamline it. I was like something missing in that piece. A brand strategy can eliminate that. It can eliminate any random ideas that might pop into your head and keep you kind of on the straight and narrow on what you really need to focus on to achieve 
your ultimate vision and your ultimate goals for your business. So I'm just going to be talking a little bit about each step when you're going through the brand strategy. At the very base of this iceberg that I'm sharing with you is the core, your purpose, why you're doing what you're doing, your values, what you believe in, your mission and your vision, what you see your business doing in five years, how you envision helping others in 10 years, like what do you feel the overall goal is? Do you want to make enough money to donate a certain percentage of your TPT sales to a nonprofit organization that you are really passionate about? That's a really great vision that you could have. And then maybe your mission, like who are you there to serve? Why? What is your overall purpose of what you're doing and how is it going to benefit your target audience? So think about what your plan is, like what your drive is for your business. The second part that is above the core is your target audience. You want to conduct research to understand what your target audience needs, what their pain points are, what they prefer, what they don't prefer, their behaviors, their purchasing behaviors and decisions, and just thinking really about what they are really looking for. I think a lot of the decline in, like in my TPT store, my audience does not seem to want like, you know, quick task cards that I can buy for $2 or $3 on TPT. They're not really looking for that. Then above the target audience, you want to think about a few things. Thinking about your market research, positioning, and your unique value proposition. Think about who your competitors are in your niche. But not to copy them, you want to see how you can stand out from your competitors. What do you offer or what do you want to offer that they don't already offer? How can you find a gap in the niche that you can fill and you have the expertise and knowledge to fill? When you do that, you can develop what's called a unique value proposition. This is what sets your brand apart from others. So you just identify what that is, use that in a positioning statement to communicate your value in the place in the market landscape. Having a unique value proposition can be a game changer because you know exactly what makes you unique, what makes you stand out, and you can even put that in your marketing. You can say, well, while others do this, I offer and do this. In the meantime, have that in place. Understand who your competitors are and how you can position yourself to make yourself stand out from them. And then the fourth is creating your brand messaging. Create and develop some consistent messaging that is aligning with everything that was in the previous steps, your purpose and core, your target audience and what they want and where you are unique compared to your competitors. This is something that should be resonating with your audience and address their pain points while showing how they benefit from your products and offers and services. This is going to be the foundation of how you communicate both your audience and also internally if you have team members as well. Something to note is that you want to align your brand strategy and messaging 
with visuals that will appeal to your audience. So the messaging is kind of that first step into creating and um, really refining your brand identity. This is why I say if you already have a brand identity and you've got your logos and colors and all of that, this is kind of like an easy step where, you know, if what you are doing in your strategy is aligning with what your visuals look like and it's communicating that same message, there's really not much you have to change. However, if you were like me and like had something completely different going on, um, you might have to switch things up. But that's something that is definitely doable. I will say that. But let's say you're targeting first and second year teachers who just started teaching. It wouldn't make sense to have any colors or styles that don't appeal to them at all. You want to have fonts and colors and images that are fun, bright, colorful, and appealing to teachers that are in their early to mid-20s. Some examples, some brands that I can think of off the top of my head that kind of are doing this is Taco Bell. Like we know Taco Bell is a really great place that are they their hours are later, like after 1 and 2 and 3 a.m., where anybody can get a late night snack or meal. And then there's also the Black Rock Coffee Bar that's near where I live, and they appeal to a lot of younger college-age students and high school students um, who may not like coffee at places like Starbucks or anything like that. I will tell you, I know, believe it or not, I did not drink coffee at all until my mid-20s, until I started teaching, actually. So what a coincidence. But yeah, I never did any of that coffee stuff. I never did Starbucks. I would always get like some type of energy drink or Red Bull. And so they kind of, the fact that they sell those kind of drinks with a variety of flavors, that's just something that's appealing to a lot of younger people who may not like coffee like us old folks do. Now, going into your brand identity, when you have your messaging in place and know your tone and personality, what you can do is create a mood board and, you know, kind of go on Pinterest, get some inspiration of the type of colors and feelings you want to evoke that are aligning with your strategy. Then from there, you can create a color palette, adding colors and taking out colors, a really great episode if you want to learn more about creating a color palette is um, I'll link it in the show notes. The color psychology episode, I kind of tell you how you can start with the core color and different ways to kind of create a color palette from there. After you've identified your color palette, then you can go into what I consider maybe the fun stuff like fonts, finding your fonts and um, having your logo and what the logo would look like, deciding on different images you will use and what you would not use. And some ways to make sure that your brand identity is consistent is to have a brand board with all of your elements, like the logos that you have, any variations, and fonts, colors, all of that good stuff. I have a brand board template that I created, and I think I actually have a podcast episode with that as well. So how to create a brand board, I will link that episode as well if you want to learn a little bit more about that. There's a template there you can grab for free. But if you want to kind of get into more depth, let's say you have a little bit more advanced, you know, you've got different branding in your resources versus your TPT store versus your social media versus your website. That's a lot. And it wouldn't make sense to have multiple brand boards for each one. This is where brand guidelines come into play. 
This is a much more detailed document that kind of gives an insight into what you should include in your visual identity and what you shouldn't include. And you can also add aspects of your brand strategy. It's a really great place to put both your brand strategy and elements of your visual brand and brand identity. And it's also great for anybody who is working in your business to refer to. There are plenty of examples. If you look on Google, I think I I know there's one Coca-Cola you can look up. But if you're looking for an idea of what a brand guideline would look like, you can definitely check that out. But you can make it in Canva as a slideshow presentation. Maybe that's a clue that I need to make a template of a brand guideline just so that you can have it because it's it's really, really beneficial. Another way to create consistency is to create or use a resource and um, product listing template. So having templates for pretty much everything. Have a template for your pins. Have a template for the resources, maybe specific resources. So a task card resource or some type of unit resource or some type of assessment resource. You have templates for all of that or something that you can easily copy and duplicate and paste and create from there, but also having a product listing template for your covers and thumbnails, but rather than having one cover template all across the board for your resources, I would recommend maybe switching things up with your template, kind of slowly tweaking the variations so that you have at, uh, you know, the more product lines you have, the more different templates you might utilize, but the way they look, the style you have, because you're tweaking them here and there, it will have that consistent look that goes together really well. I think combining your brand identity with your brand strategy can be a little bit fun. It's a way to show your personality and, um, you know, craft that emotional connection with your audience bring more recognition, be distinct with your visuals and your messaging and also who you're targeting. And also just just a way to differentiate. It helps set you apart and attract attention in a competitive market that resonates with your target audience. The good news is that even though you might have your brand guidelines set and your brand board set and all the things set right now, Be willing and open to modify and adapt as needed. As you learn more about your business or grow your business, as you learn more about your audience, it's important to adapt and grow as the years go by. Chick-fil-A is one of my favorite fast food restaurants. It's on rotation for sure. But did you know that Chick-fil-A initially started selling chicken sandwiches at certain restaurants, including Waffle House. Not surprisingly, this was quickly nixed after the sandwiches outsold the menu items at Waffle House. People were coming there for the Chick-fil-A sandwiches and not the Waffle House items. So eventually they opened Chick-fil-A's inside shopping malls. You do not see or hear of food at shopping malls. And then eventually, they had their first standalone restaurant in the 80s. 
And by the way, this source comes from the History Channel. I watched the, I think it's like the brands that built America or the food that built America. One of those things. That's where I know, that's where I've heard about this story. And so I thought it was a pretty cool analogy. But think about it. What if they never changed, even though they were making pretty good money with their sandwiches? And let's just say like they're like, okay, even after Waffle House falls through, what if they just, you know, decided, okay, we're just going to sell at shopping malls. We're good. What if they never opened Chick-fil-A's outside of malls? So just imagine all that, you know, money on the table. If they hadn't decided, let's open our own, like, you know, standalone restaurant, just like all the other fast foods do. But we're selling, you know, they're focusing on their chicken sandwiches versus their burgers. And then, of course, in recent years, you've got other restaurants like Popeye's with the chicken sandwich. Everybody's coming up with their own version of chicken sandwiches when Chick-fil-A found a way to stand out among market competitors and kind of be unique in their own self with their wonderful customer service where they're always saying, my pleasure, it seems like. What if they never did any of that? They would not be the business they are today. So it's important that we modify and adapt our strategy as we grow and learn about our audience. It helps you know what you need to create less of because you know your target audience will buy it. And then it helps you know what you need to create more of. Eventually, Chick-fil-A expanded on other menu items. And of course, brands all the time will have new different, you know, products that they will sell at restaurants and then they might discontinue items. So there's all kinds of things, just what people sell and what they offer based on what's working well and what's not working well. So brand having a brand strategy can guide you in those steps. All right. I loved this episode and just kind of chatting about branding. I hope you enjoyed it too. And hopefully you got some tips from um, what I shared with you today. Thanks for listening to the Creative Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed listening to today's episode, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. I'd love to hear your feedback. You can also follow me on Instagram at thesouthernteach.designs. Have an amazing day. Are you looking for a way to grow your business without working too much harder than you already are? Do you want to optimize your limited time and see a real impact on your business efforts? Well, I've got great news for you because your data playbook can help you achieve all of these goals and then some. As a teacher, you know that the education market is super competitive and in order to succeed, you would have to stand out from the crowd and deliver results that really matter to your customers. But without the right tools, it can be kind of hard to know if what you're doing is truly paying off. And that's where your data playbook comes in. The membership is designed to help teacher sellers like you leverage the power of data-driven strategies. You can unlock valuable insights about your customers, your products, and your sales performance. This membership is packed with access to analytics tools and resources, personalized coaching sessions, and a community of like-minded teacher sellers who are also eager to share their insights and experiences. I totally believe that your data playbook can help you take your teacher seller business to the next level, but don't take my word for it. Check out the website to see what other teacher sellers are saying. I'd appreciate it so much if this is something you're considering to check out my affiliate link in the description. 
There are different membership tiers. So if this is something you're considering, you should definitely check it out. It's your data playbook and I hope you can join.